Hello and welcome back to the Men You're Not Alone podcast. This is episode 55. It's a solo episode. And I recorded it last night, but I was too tired. And when I get tired, I start, I kind of start mumbling a little bit more and I don't speak very clearly. So I was editing episode 53 last night when I uh, received a text. It was it was already getting late. That f- another friend of mine had passed away. And it was the gentleman that I referenced in episode 49 just a few weeks ago. And I think I posted that on April 5th, if I remember right. That was a gentleman who had been reunited with his daughter um, because his daughter had been kept from him by his mother or by her mother for almost for almost her entire life or 15 years, something like that. 14 years. I got a, a text last night that told me that he had passed away. That was not something I expected to hear, but then I, I don't guess I ever expect to hear that somebody's passed away for the most part. And I wanted to try to dovetail this with my some of my day at work yesterday because it it's a constant illustration, and I, I may be saying it to myself more than I am to anybody that's listening, is that we are not immortal. And... W- it's easy to fall back into a mindset that we had in our twenties, maybe where we were immortal. We were going to live forever. Our bodies would never break down and, and that we didn't need to define how much is enough. And that may be more something from my generation. If you're younger and you're listening to this, maybe younger people don't, maybe they don't struggle with this the way my generation did. I don't know, but I suspect we do. I think it's probably more of a human condition. And, uh, as as I thought about this man passing away, you know, a lot of people's first reaction would be, is it fair that a man in his 40s would pass away unexpectedly? And it is, because life doesn't come with any guarantees, and it doesn't matter. God, God never promised a certain lifespan. God never promised anything except that you have the opportunity for eternal life through his son, Jesus. That's what he offered. That's the guarantee. Not that you're going to live past the age of three or 30 or 90. None of that's guaranteed. And it's, we always look at the glass half empty. And, and I do regret that he did not get to know his daughter better. But I'm also exceedingly grateful for the joyous, the radiant look I saw on his face when his daughter showed back up in his life. Something he'd given up on. And I want to encourage you that if you view yourself as immortal, that your body's not going to break down, that you have all the time in the world no matter what, you don't. None of us do. Not in this spacesuit. This spacesuit that we live in here has an expiration date. It does wear out. It has a time, a season. And I... Think it's important. Fortunately, I learned this at a fairly young age. Um, I, I somebody had given me the advice to to identify in my life how much is enough. Uh, when I set out on something, how much is enough? When, each time I've started a business, I've asked myself before I launched it, before I really started into anything, how much is enough? Because so many of us, especially men, and if you're 
if you're even a halfway driven man, if you get momentum and something is working, our tendency is to not ask the question, how much is enough? And that way we have a defined boundary of, okay, this, if I can get to here, that's enough. And that that is a defined boundary for my life so that what I'm doing doesn't become consuming to me. I would say that's probably not a strong suit for men. That is a weak joint for men. And I'm watching it become a weak joint for women. I didn't used to see that in women where the sky was the limit. The There was never enough. There was... There was never going to be enough. There always needed to be more. And it's a it's a dissatisfied mindset. And not that you have to settle, but you need to have some kind of a boundary for your life. I work in an industry that that doesn't really ask the question how much is enough. It doesn't, because if it defined that, it would it would have to probably examine what its value system is to the people that actually do the work that run run things. And I won't detach myself in this industry from the value of people, like relationships with people. I will not – this is how I see it often work, and I know this probably translates or mirrors across a, a multitude of industries, not just here in the U.S., but across the world, that a, the risk we run is if we if we start a business – we start a, a venture of some kind, and we don't define how much is enough. Therefore, by default, we are always going to be pursuing more. We will never be satisfied with what we have. And in that, it tends to breed a culture that as you start to max out your capacity for how much you can achieve at that moment, you start drawing more and more from people and you develop a mindset that people are disposable resources. They're not instinctive, not instinctive, innately priceless creatures created in the image of God. There is, there's not really an innate value beyond what they can return to you. That is a very dangerous risk of not defining how much is enough. And when we don't define how much is enough, it's because we tend to not look we tend to view our own lives as immortal. And then you couple that with this broken mindset that I suspect you can find across the world. We definitely have, we struggle with it here in the U.S., is that your value is based on your production. So the more you produce, the more valuable you are. And, and that's such a lie. And you have a value regardless. It doesn't matter. You have a value because God created you, period. What you produce is what you produce. It does not change your ultimate value as a being created by God in his image. And so our tendency is to use people. And I'm watching that escalate now as, for whatever reason, I watched the labor pool as it dwindles. Uh, we have a supply chain that is constantly herky-jerky. Stuff comes and goes. It disappears. It's instantly not there. And impatient people with impatience born by the cell phone and by the lie that our value is based on what we produce or accumulate, that we're immortal, just it, like not that we're immortal, like in, in essence, we are, because I don't 
uh, maybe this spacesuit gives out, but we have, we're a spiritual being inside of ourselves. It's just a matter of where do we go when we die? You know, what happens after that? And, you know, in my belief system, like, I, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. When I, quote, die, when this body gives out or something happens that, that ends my, my journey in this spacesuit, I will be with Jesus. I'm not worried about that. And I've traveled that journey. If you're on your journey to figure that out, um, God bless you. You know, I mean, that's that's your journey to make. That's not my journey to make for you. But we have this sort of this, this I, I always fall back to these feedback loops because I've started closely observing not just the symptoms of what I see in how we treat each other as a culture, but how they they feed each other. Like when we do, th- when we when we don't define how much is enough, it causes us to want to produce more. When we produce more, we believe the lie that the more we produce, the, the more value we have. The more we produce, the more we need to use and exhaust the resources around us. And I don't mean like the earth. I mean the people. The people around us, we have to pillage from them. Well, we don't have to, but that's sort of the mindset that we get into, this deceptive this decept, deceived mindset. And and we start, and then, so we use up people, that makes us cold because we we justify it somehow because we are producing more. But we're doing that, and we go back around the top of the circle because we haven't defined how much is enough. So we're just going to keep, it's like, a, it's like a grinding mill that uses up people for energy. And that's a little bit of a vulgar way to put it, but that is sort of what it's like. And like people are batteries and we just sort of drain them, discard them, pick up new batteries, new people so that we can produce more. So Because we haven't defined how much is enough. We don't really care if people have a life. We don't care if they have a, a healthy family life. We don't care about their story. We don't, we, don't, we don't really care about the human side of things because we, by God, we have to produce more. And we have to produce more so that we're more valuable. And we're more immortal. We're going to create some kind of immortality symbol by doing stuff. I see that in the industry in which I work. He who builds the most houses or the most buildings will be immortalized. It's like we build these immortality symbols and they're not. Ultimately, I build temporary housing. It's wood framed. You know, it's not going to last forever. I don't know how long they last, but they're not going to last forever. They can't. The components in them can't last forever. So if you are moseying through your life or blowing through your life, not moseying, if you're blowing through your life and you're a driven person, there's nothing wrong with that. It's great because it's it's good to be driven. But have you ever stopped to define how much is enough? And if you haven't, are you do you have the discipline to stop and look at how you treat the people in your in your circle of production or service whatever it is that you however it is that your world is structured are you examining while you deal with somebody how are you viewing them are they a person of innate value something way beyond a resource sort of like i described with with dash that when i look at a child and i look in their eyes I see a being that is much larger than their body. Their body just can't contain it. And that is their spirit. That is that spiritual side of them. And when I look at people, there's far more than... I can't just look at somebody and, and think, 
You're just a resource to use. And the gentleman from episode 49 who just passed away, he's no different. I mean, he did a he was a hard worker, did a lot of work. Um, I, it, a lot of it's going to remain standing for a while. But that's not what made him valuable. He was valuable because God created him, and he trusted God with his life. He He didn't foresee that at such an early age he would pass on out of this spacesuit to be with his Lord. And he got the, the that joy of being able to see See, when his daughter reentered his life, because he didn't derive his value from what he could produce. So when he was reunited with his daughter, he had the creative and critical space to enjoy that like a child. He was simple-minded, and I mean that in a complimentary sense. Not a simpleton. He's simple-minded. He looked at the world like a child. And the context that I'm using for that is, is I go back to Jesus's warning that if we do not have the faith of a child, we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's that, that, simp- that simplicity of life, what matters? And when Jesus was asked that, he said, love God with all that you are. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the two most important things. That's what Jesus said. And I have found that to be a tried-and-true recipe for keeping my feet anchored in reality, not some dysfunctional feedback loop of higher production immortality. Like, I'm gonna have, I can build enough immortality symbols to be forever remembered and immortalized upon the earth. I won't be remembered, and that's okay. But this gentleman from episode 49, who's now moved on, he just reminded me, in a moment, I needed it. See, even in his departure, his departure is a blessing to me. I I will miss him, but he was going to go anyway. But God used that as a blessed reminder in my own life, based on what I, I have been struggling with um, in my own work, and that is having some sense of of guardrails up, uh, uh, boundaries, that that my life is not driven by trying to build or create the most immortality symbols so that I can be immortalized. I This world doesn't mean diddly to me. I haven't used that phrase in a long time, but it doesn't mean diddly to me. It's all temporal. It's, it's just stuff that that we, we make things and then they fall apart. We become dissatisfied with them. We throw them away. We recycle them, whatever it is. Those things are never going to be satisfying. And so as you go out today, it, it, maybe it's worth asking yourself, how much is enough for my life, for your life? You know, it, it, do I believe the lie that what I produce, it, that, that it, that's what makes my value? Or is it possible that you have an innate value because God created you? in his image, and that alone makes you his child, his creation. And would he even make you if he didn't love you? You are his creation. That comes with, in my opinion, an obligation to consider what do you devote your life to? What do I devote my life to? What do I allow my life when others push against it, other people? And there's 
many, 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 many throughout the world who live in that I must produce to have value. I am immortal. I want immortality symbols upon the earth. There's never going to be enough. I have to always produce more until my battery is exhausted and then I will basically be discarded and another battery will replace me. That is, in my opinion, wholly missing life. Wholly, like entirely missing life. The point of life. The value and the blessing of life that God gave you. For however long it is. And just like my friend who just passed away, you don't know how far that is. You think, oh, I'm in my 30s. I can't I can't pass away. Yet don't deceive yourself. I have plenty of friends who did that would demonstrate otherwise. Think in your 40s, oh, I'm just hitting my prime. I can't pass away. Like, What day are you going to start valuing life for what it is? Is it just one more week of, well, let me just let me just produce or just excel or just make this immortality symbol. If I hit this level of immortality symbols, then I can chill and, and relax and stuff. And it's always going to get pushed out one more week, one more year, one more decade. And then I watch so many people look back over their life and say, even, they don't even have to say it. I see it in their eyes, that regret and that sadness that they did not seize the value of life. And I would still contend to this day that the value, our wealth, is in our relationships with each other. And I would, from my own perspective, that is our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. That's the wealth. That's the real currency of life. All right, well, I'm going to cut it off here. I have to go to work before it gets much later in the morning. But I do hope that life finds you capable of examining your own life and reflecting on its own. Because if not, it's it's going to be like hooking onto a roller coaster until the end of your life. There isn't going to be anything that comes in. Nobody's going to come in and tell you, dude, let's reevaluate where you're at. There's nothing about life. It's going to consume you like a battery and discard you. You have to set those boundaries. So with that said, I will catch you on the next one.